You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 444. It's all over now. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 444, and as you could probably tell from the, uh, from the intro, uh, Gaz isn't here this week. Like I, you know, like I said last week, he, uh, he's, he's got some stuff to do with family, and, and as always, family does always come first. So uh, I decided to go old school here, and uh, I, I, I've got someone that, does, that some people who've been listening to the podcast for a while may recognize, so it, it's hard to tell. It's been so long since he's been on the show. Uh, we've got Tim Robertson, the creator uh, and, and owner, actually owner of MyMac.com. Uh, he's, he's filling in for Gaz this week. How you doing, Tim? I'm really well, Guy. How are you? Hey, I'm doing. I'm doing just peachy keen. You know what's funny? Yeah. What would be great if the listeners could actually hear all the grunts and noises you make before you, right before you hit record. It's, <laughs> it's almost like an old man waking up in the morning. <laughs> well, you know, part part of it, I have to get all those all those gross noises out before before I, I start to record in. That's the, the show. Flavor man. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, believe me, I'm still tasting it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now you didn't go to MacWorld this year because no. you had you had some stuff going on uh, with uh, Mac Specialist, which is the company that you are the COO of. Correct. Yeah, we had a lot of things going on that week. I simply couldn't get away. Uh, even if I could, though, I don't know if I was going to go. I was really, I was on the fence even before I knew that that week was filling up with uh, two very important meetings. And uh, yeah, I was on the fence to be honest. It's from everything that I saw, and, and my Mac had some very extensive coverage, you, Julie, Alyssa, uh, Vicky, uh, right. and Owen, although I didn't really see anything that Owen posted. Um, uh, well, he was, he was just there for like maybe the uh, flavor. a couple, couple of hours, and then it was like, hey, look at the time. I got to go, and yeah. you know, off, off he went. I know Owen all too well when it comes to that. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't uh, – you guys did some great stuff, but <laughs> – I don't know. I, I didn't see anything that I didn't see last year, really. I mean, maybe a couple different products here and there, but it's the same parties. It's the same, for the most part, same vendors. Very heavily uh, iOS-related. Uh, it had the, the Mac stuff. It had all the small vendors, and it sounds like they spaced them out a little bit better this year. Yeah, well, you remember last year, they had like some of them up to four on a table. Yeah, it was it a little ridiculous. Now, three yeah. was the highest that they had on any table last year. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you didn't have that. You, you only had at most uh, two on a table. I got to say, though, you sound a lot, um, what's the word for it, awake than the last podcast you did. <laughs> yeah, I was, oh, my God. Hi, this is Guy. As you can tell, no one's with me right now. Yeah, well, you know what's weird is. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have taken I, that Xanax before we started. <laughs> I, love, I like the Xanax. And, yeah, and I had it with a NyQuil chaser. So, hmm. you know, it, it really worked out well. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I um, 
I did it a little bit differently this year, right? Because I, I usually fly out of Akron, but I flew out of Cleveland this year. It's just a little bit farther north, but it was a direct flight to San Francisco going out, which was great. And on the way back, I instead of because you know you you've taken some of these flights with me. You either yeah. land in Chicago or you land in Detroit, and then you're there for about three hours. There's nothing open. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just really awful. Uh, this year, I had an earlier flight leaving San Francisco, and that took me to L.A. And then I had a couple hours in L.A. and then a direct flight back to Cleveland. Well, when I got back to Cleveland, I, I drove down to my friend's house and his wife you know, picked up my Ohio clothes because I didn't take my cold weather stuff out to California. And by the time I got back onto the road again, it was, it was like you know, 12 o'clock or so, and I only got to somewhere in Pennsylvania before I stopped. Now, that was Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, of course, you know, the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens are playing. And uh, Yeah, you're leaving all- San Francisco and you're a Ravens fan. Yeah, yeah, as quickly as I can, as quickly as I can. And I, I get into the hotel room, I start watching the game, and I get through the first half. I'm, I'm still very, very tired. And I see the run back that the Ravens had at the beginning of the second half, and then the lights went out on the game for like 35 minutes. Well, the lights went out in my head right around the same time. So I missed the whole San Francisco comeback and, you know, the exciting conclusion of the Super Bowl. Missed all that. Woke up the next day going, well, who won? You know, (laughs) what happened? It was a good game. Yeah, it was. It was, um, at least from the highlights that I saw. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It it sounded good. I mean, you know, they had the drum line again, and I was like, really? The big drum circle thing? I don't know. It seemed very lazy to me. And I know that uh, I posted something on Facebook. Actually, it was a comment on somebody else's comment. Yeah. And uh, head of Macworld Expo, iWorld, I guess you could say, too. Uh, Paul Kent actually read that and actually hey, asked oh, you about it. Oh, yes, he it. did. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, look, it, we, we've got a lot of different people uh, associated with MyMac in the podcast. And uh, I, I'm not always going to... Pre- pretend that i'm a fan of something when i'm not and i think that you know look we had a, a, a golden opportunity um the people who go to MacWorld to really change it and do something different with it and while they're doing some different things with it it's still in san francisco it's still in january which is a terrible time for yeah. anybody coming from the east coast to travel i mean well, a week before we had a a, a pretty good snowstorm. We had a, a really bad snowstorm this this last week, um, and that could happen at any time in January and February. So, I think it's disingenuous for them to keep it there because that happens to be where they live. And I really think that it's time. And I know it's going to be in San Francisco again. Did they announce it there? Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be. The only thing they're kind of changing uh, for next year is they're going to have it on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday instead oh, yeah. of a Thursday, That'll Friday, work so much Saturday. Better. Um, yeah. Well, they're probably hoping for more local traffic if they have it over the weekend. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Is this a local show? Or is this supposed to be for the Apple community? Because if it's for the Apple community, they're, they're not doing their job. And they're not no. getting the crowds that they could get if they went to another city. Now, just because I work in Chicago and it's within driving distance for me, uh, that's not the reason I suggest Chicago. I suggest Chicago because it's got everything that San Francisco has and more. And if you had it in, say, oh, I don't know, spring, 
you'd get a much bigger turnout from the locals than you will in San Francisco because it hasn't been there in forever. <clears throat> how about, I don't know, Austin? There's an idea. Hey, it's, how about Washington, D.C.? Yeah. Nah. nah. Uh, Boston. <laughs> they can have a return to Boston or a return to New York. There's a lot of other options, and they put and that's that was the number one request they had the the year apple decided that was going to be their last show they had this big get together with a lot of the people that's been doing macworld forever uh we were invited to it uh, i think you actually went i didn't and the number one request i know for a fact was to move the venue and to have it at different times of the year and they just completely ignore it or at least at different times of the year at the very it's, least. It's, it's, it's so close to CES that, that people that, that cover both events have just got to be you know, exhausted. Well, it's before. not only that. It's also right after the holidays. So a lot of people don't have money that they could spend at the destination city. So it's not helping San Francisco having all these new people coming in and spending money because they don't have a lot of money because the, they just spent it on the holidays. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, travel is just terrible on the East Coast this time of the year. So... I'm not happy. I'm probably not going to go ever again if it's going to be in San Francisco. Uh, if they don't even put an effort into changing it up a little bit and and doing something unique and different. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed overall with, with Macworld Expo. I think Paul Kent does a good job. I just think that they're getting very lazy with it, to be well, frank. I know when he came up and asked me uh, about because I hadn't read what you said, mm-hmm. and uh, when he came up and asked me, this was kind of my reaction. Yes. I just really wanted to get away, so it was like, please, please, don't ask me questions like that. And uh, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to put you in that position, and honestly, no, I didn't no, think no. he was. Well, gonna you read probably the didn't even think he was going to see see the uh, uh, see uh, the post. I had, actually, I had kind of an idea that he. Honestly, I thought he probably won't read it, but I also thought there's probably a, a pretty good chance that he will, if that makes sense. I know it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, and I kind of am, but I thought, yeah, he might read it. There's a good chance that he will, but I, I honestly don't think he will. Hmm. Well, so. we actually, and, and once again, now I've, I've been going for the last seven years, and we have yet to do a repeat stay in any hotel we, we we've changed hotels every single year this year was no exception mm-hmm. and i was at the uh the baldwin which is right there uh, on i think it's on grant street and it, it's not it's like right at the entrance to chinatown and it was actually you know considering some of the places that we've stayed it was a very nice hotel um it you know it wasn't like the w or uh, you know the Hilton or anything like that as as far as you know the, the outside appearance or even the appearance. Are we really doing goes. a podcast on hotels? Well, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> talking about you know, once again staying at a different hotel. But if I go next year, I will probably stay at that hotel. Oh, awesome! Yeah, That's and really it, was, cool. it was reasonably priced too. So I mean, I, you know, I listened to uh, all the podcasts. The uh, the Blue Mike, the Blue Mikey, I guess I should say. It's a nice sounding mic. Uh, I was impressed with it. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks to to Blue Microphone for for lending that to me. It certainly made doing uh, the the podcast easier. Instead of me holding the microphone and like shoving it in everybody's face, we could all just kind of sit back and, and face it, and yeah. it picked everybody up. It did. It, it sounded pretty good. You could tell who was a little bit farther away. Alyssa needed to move more towards the mic a few times, but other than that. 
It sounded really good. Um, you know, that I, I, I'm going to say this is the first time I've ever actually heard Julie. Um, she's not a regular on the Three Geeky Ladies podcast. No. But she is really good. I mean, no, I would, she is. I would she like is. to hear her do more podcasting. I think she's she's got a really good voice. Um, she's very geeky and, and intelligent when it comes to this. Uh, tech segment, I guess, you know, the, the Apple and the Mac scene. Um, but more importantly, she just she's really good on the mic. I'd love to see. I'd love to hear her do more podcasting. I think she's yeah. a natural at it. Yeah, she is, and and uh, she's uh, well. I I didn't see her on. Uh, well, actually, no. I take that back. I did see her on the last day, uh, but we weren't able to get back together and and do the last podcast. So you know that that's why I kind of kind of did that one uh, solo. Yeah, on on the very very last day. But well, I can tell do? you, uh, you know, I, I did miss seeing people there. Obviously, um, I don't miss the the faint urine smell while I'm walking <laughs> the street, streets of San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's really not even the expos the the main draw for me. It's it's you guys. It's but see, I just saw you not very long ago uh, this fall in Chicago when you came and checked out the new store in Oak Park. And yep. John Nemo showed up. Uh, we did a podcast there, a tech fan. So in some respects, it, I kind of had that expo-ish, you know. Right. And I, and I see new well, as far, at least as far as seeing a lot some of the people that that you typically see right. at the Mac. I'm talking about you personally. That, yeah. that You know, people that you see at the MacWorld Expo. But it's the same people, and it's you know it's the same parties, and I'm I've been. You know, the last two years kind of really pulling back from going to all those parties. Not that they're not fun. It's just it's the same party over and over and over. And uh, I don't know. I just it, I'm bored with it, to be honest. I want something different. I want something new. I want something exciting. And like uh, the Love Boat. Yeah. But the, the Macworld Expo hasn't been that in a number of years. And it does hurt that Apple isn't there. It does hurt that there isn't a central theme to a show like in 2007. It was all about uh, the iPhone. Or it was all about, you know, this year's new 17-inch MacBook Pro. Or it's not all about the Apple TV. And there's never a central thing to discuss and really go into depth with. It's just a bunch of case vendors and some software. And, yeah, you know, half the stuff that is covered at the Macworld Expo, and I don't mean just, just by my Mac, but I mean altogether. Um, most of that stuff I've already known about because I, I browse the internet. I've already saw it all. So I don't know. It's I don't know if there's a place for MacWorld Expo anymore without well, significant change. You could you could kind of say that about um, most of the trade shows. Mm -hmm. Actually, I do say that about you know, most trade I, shows. I think I think that on the whole, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of trade shows that just aren't around anymore. And oh, sure, especially the in the computer it, industry. It used to be the only place that you could get hands-on and you know talk to developers and stuff and look, like that. I don't, I don't want to discount shows. that uh, being at a trade show and seeing something um, and interacting with people and putting faces to names. and There's huge value in that, and, and I don't discount that at all. But taking the expos themselves at face value... There's very, very little reason to have them at that level. I mean, there's a reason that Comdex doesn't exist anymore. 
I mean, it was the biggest technology show ever. I mean, it was huge. Doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I know that the Macworld Expo is shrunk. I mean, I, I was there when they were in two halls that, and part yeah, of the one. Yeah, the north and south halls, halls, and then they would have ba- – well, basically, and I think we, we talked about this one time, they used to have – uh, everything that you would have seen at the Macworld Expo this year would be, of course, you know, with many, many more vendors, would be spread out amongst the north and south Moscone halls. Usually, and it would the be west what you was saw basically just used for the keynote keynotes. and for like uh, classes and stuff like that. Yeah, but what you saw, what you saw at the Macworld Expo this year, would have been in the south hall, and the big companies would have been in the north hall. Right. And with right. no big companies anymore going to this thing, the benefits are tenuous at best. Well, I enjoy it. And well, if, and if I they have one that, next don't year, get me wrong. I, I, I will do what I can to go. Yeah, I, I don't discount the fact that it's enjoyable for some people. I have a good time every year I go. But with the costs associated with it, uh, and Apple has a point. The reason they don't do the Expo anymore is because they have a Macworld Expo every day at their retail stores. I kind of right. have that as well. <laughs> I mean, you've seen our store. Yeah. I get to yeah, talk about this stuff. It's, it's an Apple store minus just an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, although we do iPhone as far as uh, repair, warranty and, repair and, and warranty exchange. And things along those lines. We do exchange, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, if there's a cool new product out there, I get to see it. I get to play with it. So, I don't know. You get all the nice toys. Yeah. All right. What's up next, guy? What do you got going? What's going <laughs> uh, on? Well, let's, uh, let's real quick go over this stuff. Is it the MyMac.com podcast? Uh, sorry. MyMac.com website. Uh, f- we're, uh, now, we're not going to go over like everything that, that Gaz and I uh, haven't talked about over the last couple of weeks because, honestly, there's like two pages. Yeah, we don't a have lot of it four days to do the podcast. You guys probably already know about. Uh, but. <laughs> The first one up is an uh, HP LaserJet Pro 200 color MFP M276NW. Love those product names. Review. HP is awesome and, uh, when it comes to product sorry? names. Isn't HP just awesome when it comes to product names? Let's not simplify yeah. it, fellows. Let's make it as complex as humanly possible. Of course, of course. And that's by Vicky. It's Vicky Stokes. Miss Stokes to Guy and Gas. That's right. So uh, if you want to read what she has to say about the LaserJet Pro 200 color MFP M276NW, go on over to the website. Next up is a review from Kurt Blanchard. He's got a Seagate wireless drive or plus drive. Basically, it's kind of a, a wireless hard drive for all your media files that you can stream content directly to your iPad or your iPhone or your Android device, what have you. Uh, and it works really well. It has its own interface. Um, I've seen these in person. They work really well. They're really cool. I don't know why they're not as popular as I think that they should be. Now, some would say that you could stream your content from iTunes to any of your devices, which is true. But if you're on the road somewhere in a hotel room, you can't really do that. No, well, not easy. This kind of this will let you do that. And they're they're cool though. They really are. And uh, next up is photographs from the Macworld Expo iWorld 2013 and uh, MyMac.com's unofficial restaurant of choice in San Francisco, Mel's Diner. I did And there's someone really familiar about the picture there. Well, isn't it Vicky and the Fonz? 
<laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> Next one is um, some more pictures. Uh, a UFO, a transponder, and a desktop stool from Julie Cool. Is it cool? It's keel, not cool, keel. you podcasting fool. I'm gonna yeah, say it's keel. keel. I'm going to say cool because I think she's keel? cool. Keel? Keel. Interesting. Uh, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's your turn. Oh, my turn. My turn. You're so uh, busy playing ne- with the buttons. Next, <laughs> next up is WWF Together. It's an iPad app review by Mark Greentree. This yeah, I'm going to break app. you, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong oh, WWF. This is, this is an app created by the World Wildlife Fund Incorporated. what the Tim is cooking? <laughs> not, not that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Guy Searle. You know, brother, I'm going to come. Never mind. <laughs> it hurts after a while. It does. Tonido Remote Access Software Review. Uh, from David Cohen. David is doing reviews again. See, this is what happens when you break your back and you've got nothing to do. You're like, send me some software to review. I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored out of my bored out I'm of bored. my mind. So that's uh, 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 for the iOS, obviously. Right. <laughs> Next up is a, a, a special report by Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. And it's her talking about the Macworld Expo. Day one. And then uh, day two is the next post by Alyssa again. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. It's going to get a workout. I don't say anything. Uh, Uh, After that. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, after that is Macworld Expo iWorld Day One, my Mac Podcast 441. Did you make that photo or was that found online? Oh, I found that online. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it's a creepy one. I really don't like it. And Ashton Kusher, he doesn't get to play Steve Jobs in my book, so I'm going to avoid that movie. This is creepy. Well, you know, I went to I went to the keynote, and uh, I hadn't actually planned on going to it, except when we were walking into the press room, they had the door open. They're like, "Are oh, you pressed? Are oh, you pressed? Yeah, come on in, come on in." And usually they they sit the press in the middle. Yep. And they, and they, they put us like all the way over to the left. Except cool. that there were certain people in the press, you know, the, 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 the well-known names. They got to sit in the middle, but you know, we were kind of shunted off to the side. Oh, darn. And I, it seemed to be more along the lines of like an hour-long commercial for sure. you know, the movie that's coming well, you, out. You didn't actually think you were going to get any kind of insight into Steve Jobs from Ashton Kusher, of all people, did you? Oh, well, I was hoping for something, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not not the most exciting keynote that I've ever been to. If you got any kind of intelligent conversation going with Ashton Kusher, I, that would be that would be newsworthy. <laughs> Next one, uh, drum roll for yeah, it's just some more pictures. Okay, and a picture of you. It looks like is that you with the with the with the horns? gold jacket? Yeah, yeah, that was you? really horny. Okay. <laughs> uh, goodbye, San Francisco and MacWorld 2013 by Elisa Pacelli and her, basically her talking about her first trip. And, I'm glad uh, that she got to go. I know this was this was a bucket item list for her. Uh, I, obviously, I wish she could have gone when there was you know Steve Jobs was still alive and Apple was participating um, because that it, it really was different. It's hard to, and I know I talked about this on a tech fan, but it's it really is difficult to put into words the excitement 
of a Steve Jobs keynote. Yes, you can stream them all or download them now and watch them on your computer. It's even if you've same. got a even if you've got a huge screen to watch them on and you could turn it way up, it's still not the same. It's I mean the the, the sense of unknown and wonder and it's Steve freaking Jobs and it's so hard to to put it into words the uh that well, reality excitement. distortion field was real. It really is. When you're sitting there, it's the greatest thing ever. Until you walk out and you start stop and think about it, and you're like, "It's why am I so what, excited what, about this thing? What? <laughs> what? Why do I need iPod socks again? What? Yeah." But while it's <laughs> happening, uh, next one is the MacWorld Expo 2013 iWorld Day Two My Mac Podcast Number Four Four Two. Yeah, we're so we're getting we're getting caught up here. Yep. Uh, then we have the Pro Style Hard Shell Sleeve One review by Russ Wakowich. I don't know if it's supposed to be a one in there. I might have hit that when I was editing, oh. but I wasn't sure, and I was too lazy to send him an email or call him to ask, so I just left it in there. <laughs> well, so nobody commented on it, so I'm I'm thinking that it was part of it. Yeah. You're up. Or, no, I just I'm up. Uh, you're up. Uh, the next one is the Three Geeky Ladies, number 18. It's a recap part one. And right above that is a recap part uh, two. Right. And, uh, you know, that's it's kind of an extension of what you guys are doing on the MyMac podcast. So yeah, it, was, yeah. it was, you had to listen to all of them to really get yeah, it. Because, yeah, there was, there was, oh my, there were <clears> so <throat> many you know, vendor interviews that I, I could not fit them all yeah. into, you know, the, the three podcasts that I had. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and frankly, who would have wanted to hear it anyway? Well, some Even of them if I could I, have, and some of them, quite honestly, were unlistenable because you couldn't hear what the person was saying. Um, there was one with Vicky, and whoever she was talking to had a really thick accent. I'm going to assume it was an Indian accent, but I'm I I don't Not quote me on that. Necessarily, it could have been could have been uh, Asian. It could have been Chinese. no, the, it, no. He had that that lilting sound that comes from that region. Okay, um, but it was I, I. I really tried to listen to it. I even hit back on my iPhone a few times. I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. It was just he was too far away from the microphone. And but you know that's the kind of thing that you get sometimes when you're on a showroom floor that's really really loud. Yeah, and uh, it, it that happens. Uh, next up is MacWorld Expo iWorld 2013 <clears throat> videos. Now I had actually planned on doing some videos this year. They're Never difficult. got around to it. I had problems getting it from my iPhone to my iPad, and it wasn't until much later that I, I managed to figure out how to do it using Dropbox. And I'll, I'll go into that later. I, I'm at, that's actually going to be the, the Gaz's tip for, uh, for this week. Next up, and uh, Darren has an opinion piece called, Is it time for Apple to be split up? And the answer is no. Yeah, the answer is definitely no. Uh, uh, let's see. Next up is Macworld iWorld uh, Three Geeky Ladies interview with iDrive, episode 20. Uh, this I pulled because Guy actually pulled pushed this up on the, uh, the Google Plus thing that I happened to see. So I went and grabbed this. And remember, any of the MyMac podcast-related stuff, you can also find it at the MyMac podcast website, mymacpodcast.com. Right. Uh, so if you don't want to go through all of my Mac stuff, you're just interested in the podcast, you can go to mymacpodcast.com. Um, this was an interview that someone did with you. You are the person in front of the camera in the press room uh, being interviewed. 
Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because I had been Video, talking to somebody say. off to the side, and I don't even remember <clears throat> what it was I was talking to them about. But then um, this, this the guy that actually did the interview, and I I should I should know what his name is and, and what his website is, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, he was like, "Hey, you want to do an interview?" And I was like, "Uh, okay. I certainly don't have any problem talking." So, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that was fun. He he was uh, he was a good a good interviewer, and you know, let me ramble and and say all the the crazy things that come into it. Uh, but you can tell from the video that just how tired I was. That was yeah. like the last day. And the, the last thing uh, posted right now is uh, the last MyMac podcast, number 443. Although by the time this show goes live, there'll be other content up there as well. Yeah, that's usually the way it works. That's the last uh, one I was listening to that you sounded very, very tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And very I actually did the very scary. last bit here at the house. Did you? Yeah, because I, I couldn't get uh, – I was, I was sitting in the press room, and, and I was trying to get everything to, to come together via iOS – and I was running out of time because I, I had to leave to to catch my flight. I had already stayed at the press room like 45 minutes longer than I'd really planned on. And so I figured, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll just finish this when I get home, which is basically what I did. Yep. Been there, done that. Yep. And uh, we've got some, some feedback uh, from the website from my brother Larry. Uh, talking about this – goes, this goes a little bit back. Uh, my Mac Podcast 433. And his comment is, I know this is two months after the show was first posted, but hey, I just listened to it today. Just wanted to make a few comments about engineers at big corporations. In my personal experience, development engineers feel like they're walking through the slums when they have to make trips, usually under duress, to the factory floor. They truly feel they're above that kind of thing and really don't like mixing with the common people. I'm especially reminded of a mechanical engineer, a Princeton grad, who always made faces and whined like a baby when he had to go out onto the factory floor. He wound up as a very senior manager years later. Besides, that's why big companies have a manufacturing engineering organization uh, where he worked for his first five years. Uh, Manufacturing engineers are the lifeline for the factory, providing all the day-to-day engineering support. This includes transpotting, assisting with identifying substitute parts when shortages occur, and they always occur, uh, helping repair devices when there is a large backlog. And these organizations include electronic, uh, electrical, mechanical, tooling, process, chemical, and other engineering specialties as required. Add this to the mix the electronic techs, his job, industrial engineering analysts, the ones who do the time motion studies, uh, software engineers who write the automated test programs, and you can see why it's a large and interesting group of people. You also mentioned what happens to a factory when there's a fire. General Motors found out in 1953 when their sole factory for building hydromatic automatic transmissions used by uh, three of the GM subsidiaries burned to the ground. First management quickly figured out how to adapt other GM automatics to the products, and fortunately, some tooling was salvageable, and most of the important engineering drawings were duplicated and stored in a different place. <laughs> Always have backups. By working 24-7, within a few months, they had a temporary hydromatic assembly line going in lease space until they could outfit an entirely new factory, which only took another month or two. Disasters like this bring out the best in people working toward a common goal and getting things done in the face of severe adversity. And GM slowly began setting up additional hydro. So he was responding to a podcast, or was he watching PBS at the time? Uh, a little bit of both, I think. 
And uh, this is uh, this is more. Let me. Oh man, I'm so lost here. I got two screens and I can't find crap. Uh, I also got. We also got two Skype calls, both from Larry, and uh, we'll play those right now. Hi, guy and guys. This is Larry. Oh, guy and uh, Tim. Calling. I'm listening. I'm going through the back catalog right now. I'm listening to 434, and uh, there hmm. was an. Oh, shell. I'll have to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there was this one. Hi, that's Larry again. You're gonna crucify me for this. Consider yourself crucified. Uh, show 434. Uh, you were talking about uh, Microsoft Office and uh, no no database app like, like Access. Uh, that is true uh, on the Mac side. However, uh, 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 the, the, uh, the Oracle-owned uh, OpenOffice.org does include a database that is very, very much like Access. And if, if you need a, a, a database... And is that hard to use, that complicated to use? You're certainly more than welcome to use the, uh, the, the free database that comes with, with, with OpenOffice. Uh, just a thought. And <laughs> sorry for that senior moment. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Larry. We always appreciate getting calls on the Skype line, which is area code 703-436-9501. Call it today. Um... I think uh, unless you got something else, Tim, that's going to about do it for this segment. No, I'm good. Okay, so everyone, please uh, stand by. The to next stand by. Se- <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, there's still a few more vendor interviews that I'm going to have in the second segment of the show, and, and Tim and I are going to pick this up, and we'll we'll do the the last segment together. So everyone, please stand by. To stand ahead, by. Tim. And we'll be. <laughs> I'm not You're not going to say it, are you? No. Right? No. Back. Not going to say it? Still? No. I'm Elisa Pasali. I'm Suze Gilbert. I'm Vicki Stokes. And we're the three geeky ladies. You could be watching Hoarders. Or you could be reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You could be ghost hunting. Or you could be listening to the three geeky ladies. So put down that book, shut off the TV, and turn on your iPod. And listen to the three geeky ladies. Find us on iTunes under the Stoplight Network. Setting their sights high at the bottom of the barrel. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. All right. Once again, from the Macworld Live World floor, I'm at the Apotop booth. And they've got an interesting product that's called Photo Photo that turns your old negative slides um, photos and you can use your iPhone as a scanner to get those into digital format. Can you tell me more about this product? Oh yes, um, this is our uh, new product. So it's um, applicable for iPhone 4 and 4S and, and 5. And um, it's very easy. You simply download the app developed by um, Carry Technology. And then um, you could digitalize all your um, negative slides and your old prints and photos at, at your home. So it's very convenient. 
And it's just basically a box, I suppose, that you would put your phone at the top of and insert your slides or negatives or, or photos. There's, there's um, entry points for each of those at the correct distance from the, the camera to get them aligned properly and into the uh, format. So you're basically using your iPhone as the digitizer for these uh, analog uh, versions of your memories. Um, the box itself, there's... There's, uh, it, you mentioned, was there software that went with it? Um, the, the app. So you simply go to um, uh, App Store and then download um, the app uh, developed by um, Carry Technology. Okay. And what's, do you, the, what's the name of that app? Um, the name of the app is Photo Photo. Yeah. And the box itself that you use to do this, that's available uh, where? Um, Newegg.com. Newegg.com. Awesome. And how much is it selling for? Um, the, um, we started at um, $99.99. I don't know about you, but I got shoeboxes full of old negatives and photos that I desperately want to get into digital format, and this is going to be a lot cheaper than trying to send it off to some specialized service. Um, and, of course, the, the format that those things go in is determined by your camera, not by the uh, um, device itself. Does, this, does the app allow you to save them in different formats? Um, yes, yeah, you could edit yeah, by yourself through like, the app. And it saves it? It saves it into the camera uh, photos app on the iPhone? Yeah, directly to the iPhone, yes. Awesome. So it be treated like any other photo that you take directly on the camera. Great. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, oh, we plan to ship this item after Chinese New Year, so you can shop for them on um, um the early of March. Awesome. Thank you so very much. This is Vicki Stokes from Thank Macro iWorld 2013 uh, with HP and Rick Spellers. Hey, so in the HP booth here at Macworld, we got a couple of uh, new printers. First time we're really showing them here. Mm -hmm. One of which is our OfficeJet Pro X series. Okay. Okay. This has new technology from HP, which we call Page Array Ink Technology. So the print head is actually the width of the paper. So most of our printers you're familiar with, the print head moves across back and forth while the paper goes through. With this new printer, actually the the print head is the width of the paper, so the only thing that moves is the paper. Okay. So which means you can have print speeds like 42 up to 70 odd pages per minute with this inkjet printer. You know, it's got four separate CMYK ink cartridges. Mm -hmm. They're pigment-based, so they're permanent. They're water-resistant. They're highlighter-resistant. You know, and so that's that's one of the some of I mean, the great like, new features. That's a consumer. I mean, 70, 70 pages a minute. This is, is going to be for shared printing, okay. small offices, okay. even larger networks. Yeah. And it also a couple of good features is with this pigment-based ink technology. A printed color page is about half the cost of a color relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for an officer or working member, it's pretty significant savings. Yeah, it is. You got wireless, you have Ethernet, you have USB, you have mm -hmm. automatic two-sided printing built into the printer. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly the features you need for a small office, even a home office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Duplex printing. Yeah. Um, and um, I just uh, interviewed. I just reviewed. Your X, X five hundred. I think that's one of the small office home office products. It's a computer. No, it's a printer. 
It's the X series, X500, iX500. So, yeah. it's the Office Jet Pro X okay. series, one of which is like the 576. Oh, so this is not a laser jet, correct? No, as I said earlier, this is inkjet technology. Inkjet technology, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So all of our Office Jet series mm -hmm. are inkjets. Oh, yeah. Okay. The only ones that are laser jets are, laser jet is in the model name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, right. so that, that's, that's one of them. You had, what other products do you have? Oh, well, we have a range of printers in the HP booth. I mean, mm -hmm. um, color laser jets. Mm -hmm. You know, this kind of represents one of our newest ones. Yeah. But we're using the same kind of technology with four separate CMYK color laser toners. That's, that's the size of an iPad. Yeah, big display. Front panels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. over to our consumer inkjets. We have a PhotoSmart print series, mm -hmm. which are pretty popular with consumers. Yeah, very economical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, over here we have our Envy series. So Envy, yeah. These have been huge sellers to Apple customers who love the UUID. Yeah. Print, scan, copy, real small format. Mm -hmm. Fits on the shelf with your DVD and your Blu-ray player, you wouldn't even know it's a printer. As I scan it too, right? Yeah, print, scan, and copy. Yeah. Oh, it's a flat bed. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> not bad. All right, so, um, so you guys have a lot of products, not only for the um, consumer, but all the way up to commercial. HP's. So right now, a huge everything, right now, everything HP makes, mm -hmm. printer-wise, mm -hmm. is Apple compatible. With the latest operating system, Mountain Lion, we have AirPrint and ePrint, you know, mm -hmm. for your iPhones and iPads. Yes. Um, the ePrint technology is pretty cool. A lot yeah. of our ink and laser jets support ePrint. And that means that you can print from anywhere in the world to the mm -hmm. HP printer. The printer has an email address. You can email a print job to the printer, same as you would email to me. Yeah. So basically, you just set up an HP uh, ePrint account, and you just email to that account. And um, Yeah, and actually, yeah. But it's actually the printer itself has an email address. Yeah. And that's registered with the HP cloud. So yeah. you're actually going through the cloud. The cloud's smart enough to know what printer it is. If it's a Smoda Spider Office and Laser Jets, and mm -hmm. then it gets formatted properly for your printer. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Stuff, stuff. Now what we're showing here is, um, so we have a number of uh, mobile apps available, like yeah. on the iTunes store. Mm -hmm. So here we have a new app that just came out called HP Live Photo. Okay. okay. And Elaine or someone here, we can demonstrate this for you too, if you're interested. Okay. Alright, alright. So what, what what does it do? You you basically this take a photo and it you know, automatically sends you a printer? No, this has to do with like Facebook and videos and stuff. So it's pretty cool because if you have a video, you or your friend or family, you can print out a little still photo. Mm -hmm. You know, one frame of the video. Mm -hmm. And you print out that. And then from your phone, you can, if you scan the photo, it actually opens up the video oh, okay. on your computer, so then you can share that video. So it's okay. pretty cool technology. So it's like a thumbnail? Uh, um, I'm not sure we call it a thumbnail, but it's kind of like it's one frame of the video that you print. And then you, you click it and it's a link to the actual then video? Then phone, then when you view the printed photo, yes. it opens up the video. Okay. 
so it's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. All right. This is uh, Dickie Stokes, Macworld iWorld with HP. Thank you, Rick. Hey, this is Julie once again from the Macworld iWorld floor, and I am at, what am I at? This is a booth with... Um, the company, the product is called Powertrek. Powertrek, which is a, a fuel cell, I believe, that runs on water. That's right. We take H2O and we use a catalyst to uh, remove the oxygen. It leaves us with hydrogen, which is what fuel cells like to be powered by. So tell me about this Powertrek. Well, it's a, it's a deceptively simple system. There is a, a, ch- a chamber or like a, like a bladder tank that holds about a tablespoon full of water. You, so you put water in here, you squeeze that water, and it comes out via this pin into the catalyst container. Catalyst is a chemical called sodium silicide. looks like gravel. We irrigate the gravel, and it begins to change. And it basically removes the oxygen from the water, ignores the hydrogen, which we allow to escape via this port here into the fuel cell. And then we take that hydrogen molecule, and we force the proton... Uh, through what's called the proton exchange membrane. Sounds very technical, but basically proton goes up, the electron goes around, and and that creates an anode and a cathode, like a battery, in a 5-volt sort of electrical environment. allows us to draw about one amp of power when we need it to charge things like iPhones. So basically, if you have about a, what, a tablespoon of water, you can charge your iDevices for how long? Um... Well, the system runs, each time we make hydrogen like that, it runs for about two and a half hours. So, you know, we think one of these pucks will give you more than an iPhone charge, you know, in, in, in that setting. And the pucks are reusable then? No, the pucks, that, there's a, just this chemical catalyst in there that is consumed over the course of, say, two and a half hours. So, so that's a consumable. They cost three or four bucks a piece. And you would need one of those every time you start the fuel cell. Okay, so this is kind of a uh, backup when there's no power available, but there's water. Yeah, a great thing about it is it runs you know, in the dark, in a hurricane, in a tornado, when the, you, you don't need power to make power. It makes its own power. So for backpacking, multi-day trekking, things like that, it's a wonderful option. Take three of these cans and you have about... For me, about six days worth of power for my iPhone, which is kind of nice. Okay, I'm from the cold country. How does this work with uh, cold weather? Well, it requires water. It doesn't use ice very well. So you would need to make sure that that water was melted. It just takes a little, though. It's actually an exothermic reaction. So if you have a little unmelted water, it begins to make heat, and it'll make sure that that water is at least above freezing. It's not super hot. But it's uh, warm, so it makes a nice hand warmer for cold environments, too. Sounds good. This is a really portable-looking device. It's roughly the size of a, uh, kind of like an iPod Classic. It's a little thicker than the current versions of iPads and, or iPods and iPhones. But it's got these, these pods we've been talking about, these canisters, for lack of a better description, are like Copenhagen tins, except smaller. <laughs> Copenhagen tins, I think. Um, they're a, a little over an inch and across, say an inch and a half across, and they're maybe a half an inch thick. 
And that's about as much catalyst as it takes to make hydrogen for three hours. Sounds good. And they look like they're very rugged, too. That's something you could pack if you're doing outdoor activities, as you mentioned. They're both rugged. I mean, it's an aluminum can, um, a sturdy aluminum can. And they're also shelf-stable. So for emergency prep applications, literally, as long as the, the can is intact, it, you know, don't run over it in your car or anything, it should be able to make electricity or hydrogen for you for, for decades. So if a person wanted to buy one of these, where would they go and how are they sold? I'm, I'm particularly curious about the canisters. Do they come in like three packs or 12 packs or something? The canisters are three, pa- three of them for $9.99. And the system launches first at REI. Yeah, so be available in REI in March. And can they buy them online at all after that? They will be available online as well. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you're a technology fan, make sure you check out Tech Fan, hosted by me, Tim Robertson. And me, David Cohen. We're all about technology. We like to geek out on pretty much anything. If it's technical, if it's a gadget, if it's the movie or the music industry, you name it, we're talking about it. And you know, David, unfortunately, unlike most other great podcasts, we don't really plan out our shows. It's more of a stream of thought thing. (laughs) Yeah. For better or for worse, you listen to it and you be the judge. You know, a good example of that, David, would be this ad because we didn't plan for this. What did you say? What do I say? I don't know. What, is it your turn or is it my turn to talk now? I lost track. I did too. But you know, you won't lose track if you listen to Tech Fan, part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts. Where logic and reason go to die. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the third segment of the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 444 in the continuing string of disasters known as the G-Men's version of the MyMac.com podcast. Or was that kind of redundant? Barbara Galt Snavely. Snavely? Snavely. Likes the MyMac podcast on Facebook, by the way. Oh, good. Just popped up like seven minutes ago on my iPhone. Really? So we have a we have a new liker on the, have the, a new the liker. Facebook side. Yep. Speaking <laughs> I, of I, uh, the the sometimes... podcast, um, you got 133 on there right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, especially yeah, since well, you don't ever post anything to it, I do. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, well, I it's used not even to. a show I, I do, to, and I but... get on there and post your guys' crap. <laughs> but you know, part of part of the thing is with especially with Facebook, uh, there was like. No feedback from anybody, so it was almost impossible to know was, well, you, if anybody it, it was takes, really paying attention. It takes attention. a lot of effort to to get it going. You can't just post, you know, a link to the show and expect people to start commenting on it. I mean, it, it does take starting dialogues with people. Right. Well, that that seems to work out better over at the G plus side. Yeah, because there's nothing else going on there. I mean, <laughs> with, no, seriously, with Facebook, there's a lot of stuff that, that people are seeing on their timeline. So it's easy to miss a post uh, as a fan page 
for this podcast that someone may not even see it, or it may you you post something at three o'clock and by five o'clock it's off the the top of their page. It's way 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 down. So that's true. You know, with with Google Plus, there's hardly anything ever going on in Google Plus, so it stands out more. If that makes sense. That, no, no, I understand that completely. I do want to make a, 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 a MyMac announcement, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. So this is, uh, as we record this, this is uh, the beginning of February pretty much still. And uh, this is the ninth year for this podcast. I'm going to hijack this podcast uh, in January of next year uh, for at least one episode. And uh, the reason being is I'm going to bring together all the people who has contributed to this podcast in a significant way. So you, Gaz, me, David Cohen, Chad Perry, my originally co-host on the show, um, John Nemo. I'm going to see if I can get Chris Siebold. Um, that but, would be great. <clears throat> that would be great. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because next January is kind of the anniversary, starting the 10th anniversary of this show. And say what you want, that's that's very significant. 10 years of any podcast. Uh, there's, there's or any maybe, kind of entertainment. Well, that too. But uh, there's maybe a half dozen to a dozen other podcasts in the world that's continuously been running as long or longer. Um, I honestly, the only one that I could really think of is the Matt cast. That's the only one that's because he started, uh, Adam Christensen started like two weeks before I started the, my Mac podcast. And the reason I know that is because I, w- I tried to get Matt cast as the name of the podcast <laughs> and he had registered it. Yeah. He had registered it, uh, two weeks before. So yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah. regardless, that's going to be the 10th anniversary uh, in in uh, 2015, or I'm sorry, 2014. 2014, right. And uh, I thought, you know what, Let's we should usher in that 10-year anniversary by really kind of banging it out with everyone, and then repeating that at the end of the year as well, in December. Uh, the last episode uh, for 2014, we'll get everyone again back together and kind of uh, have a fun time. Well, what would be kind of cool would be to get as many people live as we could, like in Chicago or something. That would be awesome. So, you know, you and uh, Chad. For something like that, we'd you, probably you, want to do You're it both in relatively nice weather, local. Though. We, we, we'd want to focus that in probably uh, spring or summertime, or maybe fall. You know, I don't well, want. Is I don't there want bad people... weather in Chicago this time of year? No, it's, it's great. Um, <laughs> it's a tropical heat wave. <laughs> So maybe October next year, uh, get all those people together and uh, maybe find a sponsor so we can pay for people's airfare or whatever. But uh, I, I think it would be really cool because, you know, look, I've done other shows since I left the MyMac podcast. I've done OWC Radio. I've been doing Tech Fan. I did Geeky Show Ever. Um, and there's some other shows, new shows that are coming up that I'm going to contribute to as well. The one show I don't really do much with anymore is my original show, which is the MyMac podcast. Um, because well, that's because we do such a fabulous nah, job. You, you say it sarcastically, but I'm serious. You guys do a great job with the show. Um, <laughs> well, we, but but we I have, have a lot of fun an emotional connection to, to the show. 
Look, I'll be honest with you. If you and Guy, or I'm sorry, if you and Gaz decided, you know what, I, we just don't want to do it anymore. We're just burned out, and I don't want to anymore. I would stop doing Tech Fan, and I would continue with the MyMac podcast. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, I, look, I've, David and I have done over a hundred shows now on Tech Fan, and I love the I love the format. Although it's not significantly different than what we did on the MyMac show, <laughs> and we prepare just about as much too. Um, but it, it, it to me, it just you know, it, it's been around longer, and there's that's how I got my start. You know, the very first episode, which you can't find online anymore, and I know some people think that maybe I, I lost it on purpose, but I didn't. Um, it's it's just gone. But the first one I did was maybe 20 minutes, a half hour, and it was just me by myself. And that kind of, you know, got me into it. And my hope at the time was that somebody else would take over the show so I didn't have to do it. But I learned to love to do the podcast. And you remember, Guy, when I first started doing it, I used to say, I didn't call myself a podcaster. I said, I'm the publisher of my Mac, and the podcast is just one of the things that we do as part of the site. That's, right. n- that's not really true anymore. I mean, it is its own thing now. I mean, sure, it's it's related to the MyMac website, but it is its own thing, which is why I created a website for you guys. Because the MyMac podcast, look, if, if I sold MyMac.com tomorrow, I'm not selling the MyMac podcast. They're two separate things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's why it has its own website. Although you'd have to figure out something else to do in the first segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to promote those guys. No. I don't care what they say. But, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, with 10 years coming up, it really is a huge milestone. It, It really is. And I would really like to do something special to celebrate that fact. Well, maybe we could, um... Hmm. Maybe we could uh, do something preliminary uh, before the the actual tenth anniversary of the show. I don't know something. You know, I'd also like to one of these days, and th- this takes a lot of effort and time, is to put together maybe four best of shows that you could be run. That's hard next that year. Is so hard to do. I know, but I thought I-, I figured out a way to break it up though. So if we're coming up on the tenth anniversary, right? If you have four anniversary shows, each anniversary sh- or each best of shows is basically two, two and a half years of content. That and it's kind it of split up in the way that the show is formatted as well. Exactly. Too. So like the very the first two, the first one would be me and Chad. The second one would be me, Chad and you. The third one would be you, me and David Cohen. And the fourth best of show would be you and Gaz. Because that's kind of the trajectory of the show. I thought that would be and fun, and I and I that would be fun. I've been wanting to do that. The closest I came was when David Cohen and I played an old MyMac podcast where Chad Perry and I were doing predictions, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was, I think, that was last summer that we did that yeah. show, and yeah, uh, it was a right. lot of fun to do. But I, that really kind of put the the, the itch on me to, to go back and record um, these best of shows. But you can't do the whole stretch in one show. I mean, that's 
No. I mean, each segment no. is a segment. <laughs> you know, well, pretty, pretty much it would be, you know, you know, hey, here's the best of, mm-hmm. and then you basically just play it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I'm, I know, I, know I, I ended up doing that one time since Gaz and I have been doing the show. Uh, I think it was, oh, I can't remember when, but Gaz couldn't do it. Yeah, I remember. So I went through like about 20 shows or so. Springtime, I think. Stuff out. Springtime was that? I think so. It's been a while. But that's the kind of thing I would, I would love to be able to do that. Uh, but as you said, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. Yes. And it's a lot of starting to listen to an episode and kind of skipping ahead a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's not easy. No, no. Um, and it'd be I even harder have... if I would have gone ahead with my plans and invented podcasting in 1999 like I did. You'd be rich. I don't know. Is Adam Curry rich? <laughs> I mean, he's doing a show with John C. Dvorak every week. So I, I don't know how rich he is. Um, I think that would make me want to put a gun to my head. You, you know the audio clip I'm referring to, though, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I basically I came up with the idea of podcasting in 1999. I know people like listening to this are thinking bullshit, but... I really did. No, it's true. <laughs> it was MP3 no, format. It was going to come out weekly. Uh, there was going to be a way to subscribe to it. Um, and people download it right on their computer with via MP3. They could burn it to a CD if they wanted to, whatever. Uh, and I, I laid out the format, the music at the beginning and an intro. And it was... I just didn't do it. <laughs> Story well, it life. would have been... At the time, it would have been really expensive to do... Uh, I you know just bandwidth alone. It it's not cheap right now, but you. you're right. Yeah. It, it would have well, been uh, cost prohibitive at the time. Right, and unless the technology the, just there wasn't was somebody there. Else that was going to pick up the tab. Right, and recording two people at the same time that's not in physically in the same room was very very difficult, especially over the internet. And you remember in '99, not everybody was on broadband yet, and uh, no, you know it. it there, there was just really no way of doing it. Yeah, it's compared to the perfection that it is today. That's right. <laughs> uh, I've got a uh, a quick tip for for iOS users. Now, like I had said earlier, I wanted to to do some video or or get video from some of the other people that were there at the show, but I had lots of trouble trying to get it from like Dropbox into my iPad in order to edit it. And uh, it actually somebody somebody at the show finally kind of clued me in on what I needed to do. And basically from the iOS Dropbox app, you know, the, whoever it is that has the content uploads it into Dropbox wherever it is they want to upload it. At that point, you star it. You find it, you select it, you star it. And there is in the iOS for iPad Dropbox app, up in the upper right corner, there's a, a little arrow. You hit that arrow and it allows you to upload it into your iPad and then what and it puts it right into your your photos folder in you know in in iOS on your iPad at which point it's able to be seen by other video or photography editing applications from within iOS so and of course it happened too late for me to actually do it at the show which is kind of a bummer mm-hmm. I, I actually did want to do some more some more video but I couldn't just say and, uh, it, just saw a, a post on Facebook from uh, Gaz. As oh, really? What did he say? As we're recording this as a picture, 
and it's uh it's all these trophies and it says and youth brass 2000 did it well done to everyone yeah that that's what he was doing he, yeah, he was taking his daughter uh to a uh, you should see all these these in, uh like, chorus you should see these cups and medals and it's really cool Oh, man, I'll have to go and check that out in a little bit. You will. You have to jump on the dreaded Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. But that is... Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. Guy's Tips. That's the end of Gaz's Guy's Tips. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. Guy's Tips. Is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Guy's Tips. It's Guy's Tip this week. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I don't suppose you have an app pick, do you? Um, you got yeah. a good one? Yeah, here, here we go. Okay. Okay, I'm in my little car. <laughs> and I'm going around this track. This game is called Redline. Ooh, 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 I'm spinning, I'm spinning. And it's an endless kind of racer thing. And you just go left or right, and it's on a... Ooh, ooh. This is fun. Is it? Does it sound as annoying as it does in person? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Well, that's one of my app picks. It's called Redline. Uh, I believe it was free. And it's a fun little racing game. And, and that's you know, on iOS? iOS, yeah. Well, what am I going to pick, an Android one? No, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe a Maybe Mac, a Mac one. one. It's called a MyMac podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I like that. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I've just been playing it lately. It's one of those that... Yeah, you know, I got two minutes to kill. I'm going to play this game and get through this challenge because this one you have to go 750 feet before you crash, or you have to make sure that the car will do 20 feet of uh, drifting or something like that. And it's you just go left and right, and it's you can't fall off, you can't really crash unless you run into something. It's very basic, very simple, but for some reason it's very fun. So there's that, and it's free. It is it's either ninety nine cents or free. I haven't been spending a lot of money on iOS stuff lately. I've been trying to. What's, what's that one called? Redline. Redline. I like it a lot. Uh, what my wife has been playing is called Candy Crush. Candy Crush, which was free at the time. It may be ninety nine cent now. You know how those things happen. Sure. Um, it's kind of a match three and the colors disappear type of thing. And she likes those games, but they kind of get repetitive. This one, she's been playing a lot. So she's she's hard to please when it comes to games like that. And uh, she really likes it, so take that for what it's worth. My wife likes that one. But you know what I've been doing <clears throat> with my uh, with my iPad lately, Guy? I bought What's an that? iCade. You know, that little arcade thing? Sure. That was built by Atari, wasn't it? Or isn't it licensed by Atari? No. Uh, it's built by another company, but Atari made their games compatible with it. So it has a joystick, and it has buttons like an arcade. It sits on a tabletop, and it's Bluetooth. So you could play some games with it. You slide your iPad in it, close the top of it, and it's like a little arcade. And I've got one folder on my iPad that says iCade. So anything in here... I know I can oh, play with, it. with the iCade. And that includes the uh, Namco Arcade, which has a bunch of different games in it. Pac-Man, uh, Fix-It, which is the Wreck-It Ralph thing. League of Evil, Forget-Me-Not, the Activision Anthology, which makes playing Pitfall so much better. Mega Worm. <laughs> uh, Midway Arcade, Miss Pac-Man, Atari's Greatest Hits, Frogger Decades, and Mikey Shorts. 
So all of those can be played on the iCade. And I'll be honest, it, it, it plays great. It works great. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And look, I'm a child of, a, of the 80s. I was, uh, in 1980, I was 10. And 1990, I was 20. So that's firmly growing up in the 80s. And the experience yeah, I, I of have growing, a, somebody at works that calls me the world's oldest five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Guy, we had that experience of going to these arcades. Um, some of them were in a mall and were pretty nice, and some of them were in a bowling alley or a, a laundromat, and they were pretty crappy. And you see the cigarette burns on the edge of the machine. <laughs> and sure. You remember putting quarters up on the glass so you'd get the next play. And uh, But, there was, you know, we lost that as a society. It's just not a big thing anymore. I know there's still some specialty arcades out there that that do okay. And I think The Verge, actually about eh, a month ago, had a really great article about arcades. And uh, they're gone forever. And so this is the closest we're going to get to having an actual arcade now. And it's different yeah, than experience. playing you know, uh, some of these arcade classics on your Xbox or your PS3 or something. This is an actual joystick with actual buttons. Yes, it's smaller, but it, it really it, it brings that nostalgia back big time, especially playing these classic games like Pac-Man, for instance, or Galaga. Yep. It's fantastic. Cigarette, so, burns, at, cigarette burns at the end of the console are optional. You know, and uh, the iCade's usually 99 bucks, and uh, I don't think that that's... You know, I don't think that's extravagant necessarily. Well, and, and it's made out of wood too, isn't it? It's not it like just you got to put like it together when you plastic. get it, but it's it's it takes five minutes. But yeah. I knew I wanted an arcade guy, but I knew or an iCade, but I knew also that I'm not spending a hundred bucks on that. And one of the websites that I check out maybe on a weekly basis is called Nine to Five Toys. It's by the same people who make uh, Nine to Five Mac and Nine to Five Google. And what they do is they kind of scour the internet and they find the best deals out there. And that's how I got this for $39.95 with free shipping. Wow. Yeah, right? So it's definitely a website that if you guys are looking to save a little bit of money on some things uh, and you don't live in the Chicagoland area and could visit my store, <laughs> uh, check out 925, so it's 9 to five. T-O-Y-S. So 9 and 5 are the numbers. 925toys.com. Or if you go to uh, 9 to 5 Mac, you'll find the link at the very top of the page. But yeah, I'm looking, at a, I'm looking at the site right now. It's got all kinds of cool stuff. They have a, a you know, and, and you can find some really, really good deals. Uh, Apple third generation 1080p, 85 bucks plus free shipping. That's $15 off than what you can get at my store guy. Fifteen bucks that's off. Right. That's that's a good deal. Um, but that's how I got my my iCade. Wow, uh, Philips thirty two inch seven twenty p LED TV one hundred and eighty dollars. Are you kidding me? Wow, that's a good deal right there. Where's that at? Uh, it's on page two. Ah. La, 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 as we surf and talk on the podcast. 50% off genuine yeah. iPad smart cover, 19 bucks plus free shipping. I mean, there's just some really yeah, good deals. Because I've got this. I've, you know, they, they talk about they got the Moby Magic Bar here for 13 bucks. I paid a heck of a lot more than that. Right. See, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. This, you, you really will find some good deals. I've bought a few things 
now you don't buy it on this site. They just have a link to the other sites that are selling it. But right. the iCade is a perfect example. I mean, forty bucks, thirty nine ninety five. Plus free shipping. I mean, shipping on the iCade wouldn't have been cheap. It's kind of heavy. It probably would have been 10 15 bucks alone. But 40 bucks, and I got an iCade. I couldn't be happier. I would have bought it mm-hmm. if I'd known about it. Look, it's not a device um, for everybody, but if you like old arcade stuff, it's perfect. It's, it's very nostalgic. I've got it. Now, you've seen pictures of my video game console collection, right? Yes. Um, I've got it on the very top shelf so no one could really reach it but me. <laughs> but it blends in with all my video that. game stuff perfectly. And sometimes the kids want to play it. I'll reach up, pull it down, set it on the kitchen table uh, or the dining room table, and put my iPad in there and let them have fun. Because you don't want them to touch the other ones, the real ones. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very well um, trained. Uh, my, my app pick this week is uh, one I bought while I was at the Macworld Expo. It's called Art Studio by Lucky Clan. And this is one of the few uh, graphic manipulation apps that I've seen so far that really does layers well. And they actually have like a, a, a menu system at the, the top of the app for like more, even more functionality. Uh, Owen and I were, uh, Owen was just like gush, gushing about it. As, as he and I were kind of playing with it. And uh, I ended up using that for the, the graphics for the, uh, the MyMac podcast while I was out there. So I was you know, literally doing everything from iOS to, you know, with varying degrees of success. And uh, if I go to the Macworld Expo again, you know, at this point, I, I just cannot, unless somebody buys me one, I just can't see myself buying another laptop. Dogs are getting ready to bark. <laughs> They're doing that low. They heard, they heard <laughs> we, we something better, outside. We better, we better move on. Um, uh, no, there, there are some people's picks, but uh, it, we're, we're starting to run a little bit long, so we're going we're gonna to skip past that. Uh, if you would like a, uh, a Woody, and for people who don't know what a Woody is, it's what you get when you do an iTunes review for the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, please, please go on over to iTunes, do a review for the podcast, let me know what your email address is, and I will send you a custom-created, you know, great-for-wrapping-fish Woody. Uh, I, th- I thought send, a Woody was... contact me via my email address, which is guy at mymac.com. Gaz is gaz at mymac.com. That's G-A-Z. Uh, t- we have a combined Twitter account, which is twitter.com forward slash... Uh, well, where, are, where am I? I'm losing my mind here. Uh, Guy and Gaz. Uh, Gaz has a Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. I'm twitter.com forward slash macparrot. And if you would like to send Tim feedback on our various shenanigans, you can reach him at feedback at mymac.com. And we also have a Skype number that I mentioned earlier that only my brother Larry seems to use, which is area code 703 436 Nine five zero one. Of course, now, if you want to contact Tim for other reasons than the MyMac.com podcast, Tim, how would they do it? Well, you can friend me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash MyMac. On Twitter, it's at MyMac. And Tim at MyMac.com is the email address. Um, but I did want to say, and you guys always, you, you never mentioned this guy, 
A, a real easy way of contacting Guy or Gaz is simply go to mymacpodcast.com and either leave feedback right on the, the post for the episode you're talking about, you're leaving feedback for, or there's a contact form. If you click the button that says contact us, you can fill out the little form, hit send, and they get an email with your comments on it. Uh, actually, uh, we have mentioned that a couple times, but I didn't mention it this week. No, and I should have. All my I'm hard work building myself. these websites for you, and you don't even... <laughs> cut and paste cut and cut paste, and paste. <laughs> uh you know as kind of the uh the flagship show at my mac uh and the stoplight network uh there is a new show out there guy i don't know if you notice this if you go to mymac.com and it says support my mac and it has kind of a listing of all of our different shows there's a new one called the uh low blow podcast it is not safe for work it's not safe for little kids uh, but that is a new show on the podcast network, and I know for a fact that there's another one, a music-related podcast coming out. Uh, I can't say anything more than that because an official announcement hasn't been made yet, but I've already been contacted by the person that's going to be doing that show, and I've actually volunteered to contribute some content to it because it's an idea uh, I really like, and it's one that I've thought about doing myself in the past, and uh, it sounds fun, so... Well, that is cool. Uh, one new show already out and another one coming. So I have to redo the, oh, the closing of the show again. Mm. again. It's, be- it's best if you just say, you know, refer people to the Stoplight Network. Oh, that's no fun. I, I, like, I, like, I like saying all the names of the various podcasts to give them some, some shout outs. <laughs> well, Tim, I would like to thank you for, uh, for filling in this week. Uh, it certainly is, would have been, is a much better show than it would have been if it had been me going. Um, and then he, um, and then he, um, and then he, you know, basically over and over again. For Guy is convinced he can't do a show by himself, but I'm convinced that he can. He just doesn't actually <laughs> try it because he puts too much pressure on himself. You just got to relax no and, and forget you're talking to nobody and kind of project your voice out there, guy, like you're talking to the people actually listening to it. Anytime I do a show by myself, you know, I'm not reading. Uh, I do prepare a little bit more than I usually do if it's me and, and uh, David Cohen on Tech Fan. But it's uh, it's no problem. I think you could do it easily. And I think people would enjoy hearing a, a solo show occasionally from you. Just realize Scary. you're talking to people out there that are listening. Draw them into the show. You'll get more feedback from people, by the way, when you do a solo show because they feel sorry for you. You're talking to nobody. <laughs> They're like, wow, i got to send something in. This guy, poor guy, jeez. <laughs> it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. Someone give me content. Is anybody listening? And uh, I, I would also like to thank uh, everyone who downloads the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Please go on over to Facebook and our G Plus community page and, and leave some stuff there. Um, Facebook, sometimes I go and check it out. G Plus, I'm hitting G Plus Probably once or twice a day to see if there's anything new there, though I wasn't able to do it too much uh, while I was at the show because I was pretty much busy doing lots of other stuff. So um, in closing, I would like to say that, that I think this is the best show that I've ever done and that I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. This, this is where you say end. What? Are we still recording? Just say sorry. Just say end. End. Thanks for downloading this podcast. 
You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. Opinions and facts may be gleaned, perhaps overdone or ignored, it may seem. But one thing is true, and a promise from me to you. If they build it, I will be at Macworld 2014.